Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Sarah Sinclair, CEO and co-founder of Change Gap, as she talks about baking a stronger future for financial services and filling the gaps with jam and cream. All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Treese for Flex and the City, and I'm absolutely thrilled today. I have Sarah Sinclair. She's the co-founder of Change Gap. And Change Gap are a new generation consulting company. They specialize in technology, advisory, and industry collaboration. Sarah, it's lovely to see you here. I had the great pleasure of meeting you in London last week. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you for being on Flex in the City. Thank you very much. I'm really excited about this, Rachel. Yeah, me too. So I did manage to hear a little bit of your story when we when we met, but for the listeners, it would be fantastic because you have got a really interesting story. And just tell us how, how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah, thank you. So yes, yeah, definitely unconventional. I left school at 16 with a handful of O-levels and worked for NatWest Bank, folding statements, if anyone can imagine that. I then spent a few years there and then with the Halifax uh, when it was still a building society. And it took me eight years to pluck up the courage to actually go to university. I always felt I, you know, wanted to do big things, but wasn't sure how to get there. I was the first in my family to go to university. And so I studied computer science. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. I really loved it. I was one of six females in a 200 strong cohort. And by the end, there was only three. I did a couple of years software development but I didn't feel geeky enough. I, and I was always really curious about why we were building this software, you know, who for and were they getting what they wanted. And um, and uh, so that took me into a path of doing business analysis and project and program management. So I spent 30 years in financial services, banking, insurance and asset management. And that gave me a really unique view, I would say, because regulation was a key theme and the programs just got bigger and bigger. And then the last 10 years before I set up Change Gap, I just did turnaround. So I would get called in at the 11th hour after, say, three years had passed, maybe $40 million had been spent, and then there was nothing to show and five months left, you know, and somehow I had to pull something out of the bag. And in one of the last ones, someone said to me, we, you know, we've got these really big issues. What would you think? you know, it's going to be, how can we fix this? And I just said, basically, you know, there may be many problems, but it's going to be people, basically, you know, it's about getting people to work together across an organization, seeing the common goals and purpose and and somehow getting there. And that that became quite addictive, actually, that sort of going into a broken situation and coming out at the end. And, And what made it for me was seeing the uh, the kind of hope restored amongst the people that had been working very hard, but somehow things not coming together. And that's what gave the inspiration to setting up Change Gap three years ago. Yeah. And out of curiosity, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've observed when you've been doing your transformation work? What are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen people feel? Yeah, so I I always describe it as the level two gap. But if you if you see an organization as a pyramid, you know, you've got a lot of worker bees working very hard generally. Then you have the execs at the top, often going from steering meeting to steering meeting. 
and in general I think we're seeing more pressure you know for organizations to do more with less uh, since 2008 financial crisis uh, there's a stat that says um, the increase in regulation is 700% and the complexity across regulations is uh, increasing too. So not everyone understands everything, but somehow the leaders of organizations have got to lead and produce you know, benefits year on year. And I, I see a disconnect between the top of the organization and, and the lower levels. And often that's to do with communication. So you know, getting clear information about what's going well or what's not going well, why a program is not progressing or on budget and so on is uh, I, I saw many times. And so you have frustrated people working towards the goal and equally frustrated leaders not getting the answers they need to be able to make the decisions. Absolutely. So, so continuing with metaphors, as a coach, I like metaphors. <laughs> If you were to sort of give me a metaphor for the work that you, you do at ChangeGap, what would that look like, Sarah? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because when we set about um, founding the business, we had a bit of consultancy ourselves to dig into what was our purpose, what was our brand, and we commissioned a, an explainer video and we were asked exactly that same question. So it served us really well, actually. So we used a mountain reaching a summit and us helping our clients. So the role that we play when we go into organizations, whether it's just one of us or two or a team, is uh, sort of the mountain guide, you know, the Sherpa. And right. yeah, we choose that because um, I think sometimes consultants can get a bad name you know, um, organizations can feel it's being done to them or without them and then not being, you know, led on the journey. So that Sherpa element was really key for us because culturally that's what we set out to do, you know, to bring that change and to leave organizations in a better place than when we left, not just ticking a box and getting the deliverable over the line, but actually that people feel better Absolutely. It's all about how people feel at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. That makes a difference. Curious, you came from a background in, in tech, technology. Obviously, we're recording this in March and I've been doing lots of talks with female uh, leaders in technology in the financial services industry. So, so I'd love to hear from your side, you know, how it's been as a female leader in technology and, and maybe, you know, what would your um, wisdom be to perhaps an up and coming female leader in the industry? Yeah, again, a really interesting question. So I never really thought about it much. And I think many women would say the same. It was a case of just getting on with it. I think uh, stubbornness in my personality has helped me because I just uh, was very ambitious and wanted to achieve a lot. Uh, so I just kept going. And yes, there were challenges, right, being in male-dominated environments. And there has been some bullying along the way. But I just kept determined, you know, and there was one point actually where I felt in not a great place to the extent that I thought about leaving the industry. And then I thought, well, why should I? I've got the experience and I want to continue. So I just pushed through and I'm really glad I did. And I, I, I think part of it is about timing. A lot of people are talking about these issues now, which is great. So there's more support than there has ever been before. And I think for me, I sort of thought, well, is it too late? You know, I've got this far. 
you know, I'll just carry on. But then I thought, well, for my daughter and her generation, I think it's important that we do talk about these things and help inspire other women, um, either to get into the industry and or to stay and to help create opportunities and more equity amongst women. And so I think to your question, what helps, my advice would be to really leverage the opportunities there are now, largely through networks, you know, uh, physical and digital networks. Uh, So even if five, 10, 20 years ago, I sort of suddenly woke up to, you know, trying to do better and help others do better, there just weren't the facilities, whereas there are now. So I would say just really go for it and find your tribe find people who are supportive and that's both men and women so I'm fortunate to have really supportive men uh, in my network and um, so they definitely are part of the solution Uh, but also find women and then pay that forward. Absolutely that's beautiful and and you say you have a daughter Um, how old is she if you don't mind me asking? Yeah she's 18 and and in her first year at um, university doing international relations so very proud. So do you think she'll enter the financial services industry? Would your prediction be that she might? Well, it's interesting because um, I, I think, you know, often people do follow their parents in, in some way or another. So she's definitely interested. And, you know, I think that there's a lot happening in the industry, particularly between, you know, across uh, regulators, government, trade bodies and uh, private sector. And there's a recognition that more collaboration across uh, those sectors is required and so what she's studying uh, certainly gives scope for that. Definitely and so so I'm going to bring us back a little bit to technology. I, I can't have a conversation with somebody who understands technology without mentioning artificial intelligence. Um, you know the year started with chat GBT being launched <laughs> you know uh, everybody's talking about it and you've talked a lot about the human side and the critical importance of, of of human beings in this industry so so I'm very curious about what your opinion as somebody who who really understands technology about maybe the the threats and the the risks of that artificial intelligence and, and what it means for for the industry Yeah, it's interesting because I I did a specialism in my degree on artificial intelligence. But back then, you know, there really wasn't much of great interest, uh, you know, to talk about. And then, of course, every few years you'd hear something on the radio, you know, saying, is it really coming now? And uh, but I think we're we're in a space now where it's undeniable. And ChatGPT probably is one of those game changing moments. It seems to have come out of nowhere but it is uh, one of a number of uh, advances in artificial intelligence. So I think I've got two things to say about it. Like one is people obsess a lot about the definition of AI and whether you're talking about machine language or natural language processing, it's probably on a spectrum, right? Um, but rather than argue about whether it is truly AI or not, I think it's really important to focus on the fact that it is impacting us today and increasingly so and it and will do, whether it's an algorithm in HR selection processes or in your social media algorithms and so on, it, it is there and that will increase. So I feel that we need to pay close attention, especially in financial services, as to where AI is popping up 
and the risks that uh, poses, but also the opportunities that it creates. So it's right to be mindful of the, the risks and to be active in terms of understanding those and helping others to understand them. But equally, I think we would miss an opportunity if we didn't look for the benefits of it and try and embrace those. Absolutely. So taking us back a little bit more to the human side of things, I know when I spoke to you um, last week when we when we met in, in London, you, you're somebody with, with a huge amount, you've got deep values. So how would you possibly describe your own purpose? And maybe perhaps a sort of tag on question on the back of that purpose, what do you think is the game changer that is going to make financial services a better place to be? Yeah, so um, we describe our purpose as creating a stronger future for financial services. And it sounds very, very high level and far reaching, but we break that down in in different ways and, and relate it into what we do and how we do it. So whether it's consulting or technology advisory or creating solutions or the collaboration work that we do, um, we are mindful of you know how we do it and who we do it with um, so that we are creating a template if you like but also inspiring uh, people to just think that bit deeper and uh, more holistically in terms of um, you know helping people through situations but also leaving a legacy yeah and um, I, I think if we you know look back to that 2008 crisis where culture and trust were cited as the the biggest gaps there were definite improvements looking back you know from 15 years but equally yeah you could say we haven't moved on at all now it's a complex picture right because the landscape is very different uh we've got fintech we've got ai we've got crypto you know there's there's many things which are making that picture you know more complex but I think the it's pretty undeniable that the consumer is at risk and perhaps not considered deeply or widely enough in key decisions. So that's what's at the heart of our mission, making sure that we not only help organizations uh, face the challenges they have on a day-to-day basis, but also look to the future and always put the consumer and the human at the heart. So actually, when we talk about humans, we're also talking about the people that work in the industry, because if we're going to help consumers trust financial services more, then we need good people in the industry. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And so now let's just move outside of financial services, Sarah, when when you're not harnessing the collective and making the industry thrive and and be better um, or being a wonderful mother what is it else do you love doing yeah so um, two things one is uh, cooking uh, in the kitchen so baking is a particular favorite of mine but um, yeah any time in the kitchen is good because it's that break from the norm and it's really absorbing so you know you're definitely uh, switching off uh, I mean, I actually love my work now. Um, I feel really privileged um, and excited about what we're doing, but it is very intense. So that, uh, you know, switch off in the kitchen is is great. And I'm fortunate to have people that enjoy the cooking. So <laughs> um, 
I got a, a repeat request for cream tea, you know, stones this weekend. But then the other thing that I really love is skiing. So I don't get to do it that often, but there's something about it that just, it, it's just amazing. And if I could only have one more holiday ever, it would be skiing. It's that beauty and peacefulness of the mountains. Absolutely. So I'm not going to ask you a skiing question because Janice Lorenc, who was our last guest on Flexibility, <laughs> Like passionately about about skiing but I am going to go to the baking um, uh, and I presume that you're a fan of British Bake Off so if you were on British Bake Off and you were a guest there uh, Sarah what would you be baking? Yeah so I would do a multi-layer multi-colour cake with jam and cream and other delights uh, in between the layers very good. Uh, and so um, what could financial services learn about that beautiful cake? Is it in the cooking? Is it in the artistry? What is it that the industry could learn from cake baking and British Bake Off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in- interesting, actually, because I, I, I do often talk about, uh, you know, bringing baking into uh, work and having bake-offs and so on but I, I think it's that collaborative aspect and uh, also yeah just having fun you know teamwork it is is fun and you know seeing other people's perspectives uh, so you know if you're going to have a bake-off actually it's a great way of learning about each other and just you know having fun putting the fun into work but um, we could also say that actually the layers, so actually when we uh, go into organisations, um, you know, we typically work across uh, functions and, um, and help bring that understanding, you know, across disciplines and so on in order to get that uh, common goal at the end. And we see ourselves as filling the gap. So if you like, we're the jam and the cream in the middle, um, <laughs> holding it together. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely like a piece of it. There you go. So Sarah Sinclair, that has been the most wonderful um, podcast. It felt holistic, peaceful, giving, and um, I wish you and the collective every success in making all those wonderful changes to the industry. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, too. Really enjoyed it. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode.